This is your host, Rachel Franklin with Already Dead, a sexual assault discussion podcast. A quick PSA, as I just mentioned, we will be discussing topics surrounding sexual assault, so if you feel like you need a break at any time from listening, please take one. This is a space for healing, for learning, and for creating community. He didn't make me feel like I wanted to die, he just made me feel like I was already dead. We are back with part two with Angelique Larson. She is a survivor I met through TikTok. If you haven't listened to the last episode with her, I suggest you go do so. Although there's lots of topics going into this next episode that you don't necessarily need to hear from the last episode. Um, We're going to start it off with talking on consent education. Like, I feel like there's so much education to happen that's like I'm proud of that's the one thing I'm proud about about this generation is that this generation is very like I, I hate sounding like a millennial when they say like we're woke but we're very like we don't tolerate shit like mm-hmm. we don't we don't allow so much and we're changing so much that like past generations would not have ever done like mm-hmm. my grandparents they tell me that all the time that like their their parents used to do this out of there to them and now us like we will never allow someone to do that i know i'm and like so, i look like, at you like you're crazy like yeah are you kidding and, and okay. so now like i'm i'm so big on education for me because so many people in like when we were younger we did not get the education on assault and on like right um consent in the way that the kids now are getting it and like the kids that are like 10 and 11 are getting it because I don't there's even so many think, of us who, i don't even know kids that now that get it yeah there are so many of us that are like 10 that, that when, when we were like 10 and 11 that we're still in relationships because we're kids and they're not even relationships they don't count but at that point we think it does and we still like you know do things with people that's like right. we, we would have known then that this wasn't okay that wasn't okay this wasn't okay we wouldn't like we would have spoken up way way sooner uh, there's so many people like like even like even with her name like no longer shuffle all the time that like when she was little and all that was happening there, she had no idea that wasn't okay. Because right. no one was telling her, like, this is consent, this was not consent. Right. And so when she got older and she was like, wait, that happened. That's not okay. It's like, it's 10 years now. Like, she literally has talked about it, that, that like, it was nine years that went by of what, what was happening to her before she was like, wait, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't, this isn't okay. That's like, if we got the education that we, like, deserved, so many of us wouldn't have gone through what we went through. And now that's why I'm a very big person on education because I feel like even if you never go to jail for what you did, even if you never like experience any kind of pain for what you did, at least if I feel like you learned from it, I'm going to be okay with it. Like it doesn't matter in, in every situation from assault to anything because my ex, when that cheated on me, I didn't care if he like got hurt again. If someone cheated on him, I didn't like, I wasn't praying on him to like, you know, get hurt in the way that he hurt me. I just wanted him to understand what he did and why he was wrong. And as soon as like he came to me and he apologized, I didn't want him back. And he didn't want me back either, but he just wanted to apologize because he understood finally that he was wrong. That was enough for me. Like mm-hmm. that was it. That's when I started leaving him alone. That's when I stopped texting him. I stopped calling him. I stopped like searching for him in my like messages, anything. I left him completely alone because I finally felt like he understood mm-hmm. my ex, like my assaulter. He like, I always wanted him to just know that what he did was wrong. And I want like people turning their back on him was what I wanted because 
he wouldn't get it. Like he wasn't getting it. He wasn't understanding that what he did wasn't okay until yeah. it took people to finally like push away from him, finally like walk away from like, like cut him off. Because there's like another one of my best friends, his name is Derek. He was also in that friend group with with Chris and Alan and all of them who were close with him. And one time Derek told me this story where he literally went up to my ex and he was like, Can I get can I have your number? This was after it already came out that he had assaulted me. Not understanding what was going on, put in his number in Derek's phone and called it a day. He thought that, you know, they were cool. Derek literally called him, went to like a little information and blocked him. And he was like, Cool, I just want to make sure you can never speak to me again. Walked away. I thought that was such a like drop the mic moment. That was so cool. But the point the point was like yeah. that's what it that, that's what it took to finally understand that what he did wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like why? Like why does it wh- why did you yeah, not know what's before? going through your head? Like Yeah. But then also when it when I when weeks and months went by of what happened, I started finding out that there was this one who also experienced the same thing with him and that one who also experienced the same one with him and this one and that one and that right. one. So that's he had surprising. like he had like yeah, he had like five victims starting from when he was like twelve, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's that's why he doesn't understand what he did was wrong because you know he he's does, been doing he's it, done it forever. <laughs> yeah, like... right. And like, oh my god, I, oh that's he was twelve. I just think it's like, yeah, I was insane. Oh my god, but I thought that that was crazy. Like, how are you a whole grown? Like now he's eighteen. He's going to be nineteen in June. Yeah, and it's like, I wonder because he dated somebody after me. And um, she defended him, of course, because, you know, that's her boyfriend, whatever. She defended him. She thought that he was, you know, he was innocent, whatever. And I'm doing the same thing to her. And, like, clearly he didn't fucking learn because people are going to continue to enable him. And I'm like, that's what I keep saying. That's what I keep telling y'all, but y'all don't want to listen to me. So, <laughs> okay. Like, if you keep enabling someone who does things like this, they're never going to see what they did that was wrong. But, hey, if no one wants to listen to me when I say that, sure. And then, look, exactly what I said happened, what happened, exactly what happened. I'm like, well. You know, I did a TikTok show and everybody thought it was horrible. I'm not saying she deserved it, but I'm saying God's timing is always right. That's what I said. Everybody looked at me like I had six heads. I was like, well, no. I remember that when I posted that. When I posted that, like, I had so many people texting me about it. And I even had her texting me about it because they were saying that, like, I said she deserved it. I was like, first I of all. I can see how that can be, like, interpreted as that. That's, yeah. like, something to watch out for, like, when you're posting on social media, especially just because things can be interpreted so differently over, like, over text and Exactly. Stuff. It's, like, but... it's always, of, uh, like, especially when I post anything, it's always up to someone else's interpretation. Like, it's the same way with music. It's the same way with, like, TV shows. Like, whatever you say, it's up to interpretation unless, like, you know, you're explicit and, like, ex- and explain it correctly. So, like, I get it. But also, like, that's not what I was saying. And I told her that. I was, like, maybe that's what you, like, that's what, how you interpreted it. But that's not what I was saying. Because I don't think that any girl deserves it. It doesn't matter if you literally, like, hated on somebody else. And exactly what she did to me, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I still, like, even when she came to me and she told me that, like, she was assaulted by him, I didn't, I wasn't, like, turning her away because of the fact that she bashed me. I told her, like, well, you asked for it because you were sitting there with her, because you were staying with him. Because at the end of the day, like, even if she was still defending him and she was still hating on me and she was still doing that, that didn't, that didn't open up the door for him to assault her. It didn't no, make it right. okay. Right. Like, like she put herself in that situation but it didn't make it okay that he did it like she dated him even knowing that he was an assaulter but just because she did doesn't mean that him assaulting her makes it any less like wrong that he assaulted her like it's still assault like no matter what no matter like that's why i don't like that's kind of like the go back go back to like the situation of like partying and like like date rape and stuff like that 
Like, yeah, you went to that party and you probably shouldn't have gone to the party because why are you going to a party at two o'clock in the morning? Okay. But even if you did, that doesn't mean that it's okay for someone to do that to you. Right. Just because you went out, like just because you're experiencing. So that's how I feel with her. Like with her, like I always said, like I don't, I told, I always said this all the time, even before she had told me that she came, like that she had been assaulted. I always said, even though I'm, I'm really mad at her for the fact that she thought it was okay to do that, like, you know, to defend him after that. I still feel like if she were to come to me and tell me that the same thing happened to her, I'm still going to listen to her and I'm still going to help her. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. When she came to me, I was, you know, I was there for her. And then when I said that online, it was kind of like, I'm not saying that you deserve it at all because I don't think that she does, that she does, she deserves it. I just felt like what, that's kind of what it took for her to realize that I was, um, I wasn't lying. Right. And that shouldn't, and it shouldn't like, be the case either. Exactly. And like, I literally was going crazy when they were dating i was putting in so much energy to try to get him and her to break up like i literally was like fighting with her all the time trying to convince her that her boyfriend is a fucking racist and she wouldn't listen to me she literally would not listen to me so for her to finally like listen to me and to be what like that's what it took for her to listen finally it's kind of like well here we are like yeah I, those two it's like two sep it's two completely separate things is what, like the important like you were talking about like this and that they're two yeah. completely separate situations. things like two because, separate situations day, one was like betray mm-hmm. betrayal toward you and mm-hmm. one was betrayal toward her and they're completely separate yeah, because at the end of the day she should never have defended him she never have been dating him as soon as she found out that he was a rapist she should have left him Right. And because because of the fact that she didn't, because it's wrong, that makes her a horrible person. But yeah, it makes but, her a horrible person because what she did was just plain wrong. Yes, but that doesn't mean that just because she was a horrible person, do I think that it's okay for him to do what he did to her? Because right. nobody fucking deserves that. It doesn't matter if you've murdered someone before. I don't think that you deserve that because no, right. I feel like I feel like people talk about this all the time. Sexual assault is a different kind of trauma than any other crime. Mm-hmm. When it comes to assault. Like you get assaulted and then you never forget that happened. Like you live with that right. and you like you hold your grief, you bring your grief to every room that you walk into. Mm-hmm. Like anytime that like someone brings up your ex, that's what, exactly what you're gonna think of, and that's exactly what's gonna go back to you, and it's gonna keep happening for the rest of your life, and you're still gonna have to live with that forever. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I talk, to, I heard talking to somebody, and someone's like, like, like even with the guy that I'm talking to right now, when he was like, oh, like how's your love life going? Like how are like what happened with you and your exes? I'm now like I'm preparing to tell him and to remember what happened with my ex. Mm-hmm. Like my family wasn't home when that happened, and it happened at the house. So my family, like at times, like they bring up that they feel bad and like they blame themselves because if they were home, but that had happened. Right. And so it's like it's it's something that like affects the entire family, and you have to like you stay with it, like you sit in it. Right. It's it's grief, and I I just watched a video on grief like yesterday where he literally said, "You bring that into every room that you walk into." Mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's where i'm at <laughs> i mean just like a few things to touch on off of that like the first time like i really understood the concept of like assault and what sexual assault was i think was like the brock turner case um because i want to say i was maybe about 10 i honestly don't remember um mm-hmm. but i remember my dad telling me about it in the car and he's like this is disgusting and like told me what happened and i like was like oh my god like i think that's literally the worst crime someone could ever commit um mm-hmm. because i like to say i like to say trauma is trauma you know it, yeah like, assault is assault i don't think 
it's a good idea to compare traumas with people like everyone's feelings matter everyone's like your experience is valid and like no matter how big or small it may seem like it's important because it affected Mm -hmm. you but exactly um but I would agree that trauma like uh sexual assault is a different type of trauma um, yeah because it really just like it rips like your entire being from you exactly and that's like kind of what I was like thinking about because like when it comes to assault especially for me like when I finally accepted it I didn't even like it took me two months to finally understand that what happened to me was assault after I was assaulted mm-hmm. and then like I spent like a good other like next two months like just thinking about it like every single day and mm-hmm. just like figuring out like what the hell like did that really did he really do that like why and I remember like I remember texting him too and asking him like why would you do that like what like like I understand now that like I understand like why he got confused and, and why we put our like we ended up in that situation but I don't understand like why he would do the things that he did like it was like re-examining the whole relationship made me realize that like it happened more than once too mm-hmm. and it's like why okay like that like let's talk about that you look back at it and you start noticing more and more things and you're like oh shit yeah and that's why I always say like I wish education was so much like more prevalent in in when we were younger because like had I known that like this that and the third is considered as assault mm-hmm. I would I would have been like wait hold on no like you did that the first time mm-hmm. no. there's two things like one two there's, three yeah there's two things with education that are so important like I I started to notice this like after I talked to um Ella O'Neill from Safe Bay mm-hmm. uh she was in like one of my first two episodes uh but she was she's a consent education advocate and I started to actually think about consent education like more deeply and I was like that is so important for two reasons it's like one a lot of people both um attackers and victims like don't know what consent is fully like they don't comprehend it and then you get someone like your ex who's been doing it since he was 12 years old because he has no clue what the fuck Mm -hmm. he's doing which doesn't make it any less wrong um but (laughs) or not like you know what I mean like he's still to blame um Mm -hmm. but there's also so many people and institutions that have failed every single one of those victims including you before Mm -hmm. that happened because he was never made aware and exactly and then there's also the other side of it where it's like education is important because you can't stand up yourself for yourself if you don't know you should yeah and that's like what like that's like kind of how I felt because especially with him like his mother defending him so much was like this is why he keeps doing it right because because people continue to enable him and people continue to like make excuses for this for his behavior he's gonna keep doing it because of the fact that people are continuing to enable him and making excuses for his behavior Mm-hmm. And, and it, yeah and it's like it's what you said like, like i hope you know you're wrong i hope you know yeah. what you did was wrong and he doesn't and he still doesn't and, and that, so it's that's like awful 
it, it was very draining. Like, like the, the year that I spent of him dating his ex where I was constantly trying to get them to break up, like, that was such a draining moment in my life that, like, I refuse to go back to that. Like, right now, I talk about assault. I post about it sometimes. And I, like, you know, I still, I'm still very much an advocate for it. But at the time that I was doing that, like, my entire social media, my entire, like, being became advocating for it and became like talking about it that it like kind of consumed me mm-hmm. and so like now that I've like started healing from it I post a lot less about it I talk a lot less about it and I like don't post on my social media in terms of like my Instagram or like reposting as much anymore about it because like I feel like I did my job in educating as much as I can. Like it's not my job now to continuously go to this person and that person and this person to stand up for what's right mm-hmm. when I've already done that. Like I've already done what was I'm supposed to do. And first of all, when you're when you're the victim, it's not your job to then educate mm-hmm. other people. Like if I'm the one who went through it, I'm the one who experienced it. I it's not my job to then look out for the next person to make sure it didn't happen to her too. No, it's not. Absolutely. Like, like I hate when like, people say that. That and the fact that like it's also not even my job to like talk about it at all. Like if right. I don't want to speak on it, if I leave, if I want to leave it where it is, it's totally my right and my being because everybody has a different way of healing. Because for me, it's your job to heal. Was, yeah, when I was knee deep in like healing and I was genuinely still like going through it at that time, talking about it and you know talking to people and like you know fighting for my justice, that was my way of healing, and that was how I was able to like finally like come to terms with it and Mm -hmm. like learn how to live with it but like for other people they don't fucking want to talk about it and they don't want to like ever say that it happened to them or like accept that it happened to them because no like they just don't want to and that's fine because like Mm -hmm. even me like i've been like i've been assaulted at some part at some point and i just tell myself no i didn't because i just don't i just don't want to like it's hard it's hard to deal with it's hard to admit that to yourself i don't want to accept that i don't want to like you know go through that at all exactly because of that reason and that's my right. That's everybody's right. I feel right. like if you don't, if you don't want to say that you've been through it, that's fine. <laughs> like you don't have to. And that's how I feel. Like if you, if you genuinely want to like say that it did it, and in your heart you know that it did, okay. Because it's nobody's business, and it's like you're not right. obligated to like then be like to tell the person that they insulted you that they insulted you because that's their business to figure out. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. I don't have to educate anybody. And that's how I like became at this point. Like my ex Evan, he probably has another girlfriend, and he probably is gonna do the same thing to her. But I'm not gonna reach out to her, and I'm not gonna like try my hardest to get her to realize it. Because at the end of the day, if he does that again, and he and, she, and, she, and he real, and she realizes it the hard way, okay. Like I'm not saying that she should at all, and I hope that he he doesn't do it to her too. But mm-hmm. me as one of his victims, I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, I have to warn her, I have to tell her, because it's not my job. Because right. then if, 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 if exactly what happened to the last one is exactly going to happen this time where he's going to, she's going to defend him. She's going to like, you know, listen to him. She's going to just like, you know, back mm-hmm. up her boyfriend and then that's going to be that. Yeah. Like a few things touching on that. It's never anyone's job to, to say anything about it. It's never your job to, that's, that's the one thing, like the important thing. Like I really loved when you said that it's not your job to tell someone what happened it's not your job to protect the next person it's just your job to heal like it's your job to do what helps you heal it's 
your job to take care of yourself for something that happened to you, not something that you did. It's not your responsibility. It, the responsibility is on someone else and it's on them to not do that. It's not on you exactly. to prevent it. And exactly. like that, that it's like indirect victim blaming. I hate that. <laughs> I know. And, I hate that too, because uh, like, that's a lot of things that happen with me is like, but why were you dating him? Um, why did you let him at your house? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And like, I experienced that from like, even my family, like mm-hmm. so, yeah. my aunt, because I live with my aunt and my aunt, like when I told them about it, they were very like, they didn't care that he wasn't supposed to be at the house. They didn't care that like he wasn't supposed to be here. They didn't care that like I wasn't supposed to be going out that day. They didn't care about anything. All they cared about was the fact that he should not have done that. And now I need them to support me in whatever I choose to do with with that situation with him. Mm-hmm. As it should be. And they're still they're still that way. Like they still don't like they don't care about what I did that was wrong in the situation. Um, right. It's like like we talked about earlier. It's two completely separate things. It's like exactly and so like and that's why I'm like my uncle like he he was kind of the one that was like well why was she like she wasn't allowed to have guys over why is she let a guy over blah, blah, blah. and my aunts were the ones yeah my aunts that were like my aunts were like okay yeah she wasn't supposed to have a guy over and okay yeah she knows that but what is me telling her that gonna do right now because obviously I think she's learned that she should not have had a guy over but me telling her that right now when she's telling us about um, something that happened to her is not going to help. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have another question. You mm-hmm. talked about, like, how you felt so passionately that you, like, needed to contact your ex's girlfriend. And, like, what, what pushed mm-hmm. you to do that? What made you well, – why was that so important to you? Because I think at the time I was still very, like – it was still taking me a while to accept what had happened to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was still in that phase where, like, I really wanted him to understand that he did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I knew that if he were to lose her, he would open his eyes to understanding that, like, he was wrong for what he did. And um, uh, it took me a while because for so long, she was not she was not accepting it. She was not believing it. She was not like, anything. She did not care. And then I think... From what she told me, she said that she broke up with him just because she told him that, like, she didn't want to be with him anymore. And then um, she told me that the actual reason that they broke up was because she could, like, she couldn't, um, she couldn't live with the, I guess, confusion of wondering, like, did he really do it or did he not? Mm-hmm. Like, is, is he actually an assaulter or is he not like she couldn't live with that wonder like she she felt like she can't stay with someone who has that allegation against her because it's always in the back of her head mm-hmm. and then he would text her afterwards and like try to be friends with her or whatever and she would tell him like no i don't want to be friends with you and then he would be like why and she would say because i'm friends with angelique like i don't want anything to do with you because i don't feel comfortable and like for me that was doing it because like he I kind of lived vicariously through her and I was able to be like, see, see, like someone, someone, someone is mad at you because of what you did, because you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Ah, And now he's hurt because you, you lost her. That sucks, right? Not my problem. (laughs) Yeah. 
So in a way, it was like a, a healing thing. Yeah. And like, honestly, like, that's what makes a lot of people passionate about um, mostly anything that you have to do with that after the fact. Like, going online and sharing your experience. It's like, I mm-hmm. want to be heard. I want to and I think take control back a lot of the time. I think that's such a big thing on social media with, like, posting it online. Because everybody has a different reason for why they posted it and why they talk about it. But, like the community of other survivors are more supportive than they are like questioning mm-hmm. and especially for the survivors that I've met like I've met so many girls who just like text me or they comment on my on my posts or like they um like my tiktok or they dm me on tiktok whatever and they're just like like thank you and then even now like two years later like I get girls who have been following me for two three years and they'll text me and they'll be like, I just wanted to thank you because you made me realize that what happened to me wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And like, you made me realize and understand that like, I need to speak on this. Like, I need to talk about it because it, it wasn't, it wasn't normal. And that's why I keep trying to talk about it. Of course, like my own healing, I, I don't talk about it that much, but I still like here and there, I'll make posts about it. I'll say something about it because it's still very prevalent and it's still really much existing. But, like, I think if I didn't, if I never went back two years ago and posted that, even though that put me through so much, because then my ex ended up posting about it, and it was, like, a big freaking deal that he posted about it, Mm -hmm. and it hurt a lot, because it was, like, people were then, like, putting my trauma on display and making it seem like it was a freaking, like, Instagram poll of, like, do you think this happened? Yes or no? And that's Mm -hmm. what everybody was freaking basically doing. And that was bothering me. But then, like... Instagram poll was crazy. I know, <laughs> but that's basically how it felt. Like people were doing that, and it was like I don't like that. Is something that I will continue to go through over and over and over again if I if it meant that I would continue to get these like responses because yeah, like that's why I always get mad. Like when when I when I touched on earlier about like the difference between awareness and attention is because like yes, like. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, ten thousand followers is the freaking coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Because yes, it is. And I love that when I post now, even when I post something that has nothing to do with sexual assault, I get like thousands of likes because I have ten thousand followers. Super cool. But the reason I posted about it and the reason that like I'm so excited about my following has nothing to do with me wanting attention. It's just the fact that like that if ten thousand people follow me. That means that 10,000 people know my story, heard my story, listened to what I was talking about, have experienced, like, liked it, commented, whatever. Like, they're, my video touched them to a point where now, like, they message me or they talk to me and they feel like, hmm, now I, either they're educated more on it they or just just because they need to know about it. Or they, what's it called, they use it in their future relationship when they're you're talking about consent. Or they understand that what happened to them isn't okay. Because I have videos on my social media that has, like, 200,000 likes or have like 5 million views and that means 5 million freaking people saw my video and now they understand more about SA than they did before mm-hmm. and that's fine with me like that's why it's so exciting that people actually like are listening to me because I wouldn't have done that before with my freaking what 1,000 followers like that would not have happened but because of the fact that I continued to push for myself and I continued to like 
talk about it and raise awareness and do this and do that and do that for my situation. And I, I did chalk walks. Like I did um, organizations. I held like, um, I did like zoom meetings where I would like, like, like kind of like city hall kind of things. I spoke to like city council members and stuff like that. That means that all of these people that are listening to me are finally like hearing my story and finally listening to my story rather than what's it called? Um, prior to it when no one knew and that's why it, there's a big difference between active like activism and attention seeking because mm-hmm. i i don't think that anybody who has genuinely been assaulted is attention seeking of course like like i said earlier there's a very small percentage of people who lie about it and i think those people yeah attention seeking but i'm saying those people who have actually experienced assault who actually say i've been assaulted and they have and they post about it that is not because they want attention. It's because they want someone to listen to them. Because like I said earlier, there's so many cases where the justice system fails and they don't have any kind of like repercussions for what they did. And people turn to social media because social media has become such a big thing that people get arrested because of what you posted on social media. Right, like, like forces I could post change. I, yeah, I could, po- I could post something on social media today and then tomorrow you'll get in trouble because I posted about you. And I said that you did something to me that you did. Mm-hmm. Like that's how freaking big social media is now that it's like that's how people come up uh, that's how people come online they do things like that like there's people who are great who are lucky enough not lucky i think that's a really bad word but they're like um i i don't even know what the word to use is because lucky or anything good is not a good word in the situation but people who are um able to get justice people who have and by justice first of all most people don't get justice because i think the only way that you'd be getting justice is if your freaking assaulter is in jail for 20 to life mm-hmm. but okay but there's people who you know their assaulter does get convicted mm-hmm. and does go to jail and then there's people who don't and it's like either way okay like it's, it's fine either way it's, it's it's your story it's however you choose to experience it if you don't want to talk about it if you don't want to go through the court process you don't have to because the court process is so freaking tired that's the thing point um the moral of that is just like i feel like people need to start understanding that not everything has such a bad like side like there's bad intention you know like i feel like just because i'm posting about my story and whatever and i want this to happen that to happen that to happen doesn't mean that it's because i want to be, um, I want attention, or because I have a bad, um, have bad intentions. Yeah, a lot of the time it's like I've gotten a lot of, I've gotten a few comments like that. I'm like, I had a video blow up the other day, and it, I had like a lot of girls reaching out to me like, oh hey, like uh, can I talk to you? Like those messages we were talking about earlier, and I also had mm-hmm. a few, very few comments on my post like, why would you post that? Like, yeah, I get like, that too. Because like, um, I post because um I well one it's like my podcast page so I'm like mm-hmm. promoting the podcast but also mm-hmm. um it's to create community, spread awareness, mm-hmm. um educate people and yeah. That's yeah, how I feel. It's like, like I feel like so much more. Like uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like whenever I post about something People, I do get those responses too. That's just like people being like, "Why would you think to post this online?" First of all, why do you think to say that? Because right. why do you think I care about your opinion? Why, like, why, why did you think to post that comment? <laughs> yeah, why do you think I care what you have to say about me? But aside the point, um, that's a whole other conversation, and that's why it's like it's kind of annoying because 
I get those a lot too. But then I also like for every one of those, there's always those like great ones. That's like that's why I did it. Like mm-hmm. I remember, right. oh my god, the the one the first time I really listened to um, a sexual assault story after my own, besides Nolana, was this other girl that I saw. She was a part of the uh, about the case of Jackson Lister, but he was a, a football player in this like school in Oklahoma, and he was accused of sexually assaulting like 23 girls. And all 23 of them like came forward and said that it happened to them or whatever. And the entire internet told, said that like, it didn't actually happen. Like you're just trying to ruin his career. This, that, and the third, like whatever. And to a point where those girls still get like death threats and they still like get hated on because mm-hmm. they came up with their story and that was their like, response. One of the girls, her name is Jasmine. She, um, she actually is one of my mutuals on TikTok now because of everything. And she like I started posting about the Jackson Lister situation before I even knew her and then I met her and I was like I posted about your situation before without even knowing who you were because like even when we do like you know post about it because with her like she had proof like this is what I'm saying like we could literally have an arm and a leg and we could literally like mid-act start recording it and people will still be like you're lying like mm-hmm. hello like mm-hmm. but I remember that was the first case that I really like listen to and I really watched besides um Nolana's I never got her book only because I was um too scared to like actually read it like that <laughs> it's not but, it's not graphic if you're if you are considering it I, I did read it okay but like I remember like when I listened to this girl's story the one with Jackson Lister, like I've like baffled literally baffled because that's real life like this isn't this isn't a movie this isn't like um mm-hmm. It's something you see like on TV. This is genuinely what these girls have actually gone through, and that's insane. That is insane to me. Like the way that like people will literally twenty three girls is insane. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. That's like that's the point. Is like how, like, and you know how because of his social standing. Unless he's a popular football player. (laughs) That too. Because he's just because he's a popular football player, and no one wants to believe that their wonderful little football player would ever do anything wrong. Everything's so political. I know, and it's so annoying. I think that's horrible. Like how, how that goes back to like consent education too. It's like you're like okay, like yeah, we need this in schools. Hello, obviously, and then you have parents that'll be like that should be taught at home. Like this, and then it gets all political. But like, not everyone's home life is the same. (laughs) exactly like i mean for me i was lucky enough that my family was very like my family has always been very um open and understanding and like and when i say my family i mean like the people i live with because my far family (laughs) no Um, (laughs) but the people i live with like my my grandmother when she was here she had this rule where she said that she started telling me this when i was like 15 she was like i don't care if um like if you want to do anything with a guy she was like i know that you're 15 now and you're probably you have a boyfriend and i know that you're probably going to want to you know do things because i'm not going to like freaking sit here and act stupid mm-hmm. she was like but the only thing i ask is that you do it here like my that was what my grandma said she was like i if you want to do something with somebody i'm fine with that you can come here you can tell me and i will leave you with the door closed in your room do whatever you want mm-hmm. And she's like, but I want you to make, tell me, I want you to promise that you'll do it here because she, her mentality was like, 
either way you're going to do it like you're going to mm-hmm. lose you're going to have that moment and it's going to be that whether I tell you that you can or not mm-hmm. but her thing was like I would rather know that you're here and, and know that you're safe than know that you're doing it outside and not knowing what's going on right or if you're okay and I think that's like that was how I was lucky enough in my family but I know so many people who like they can't even bring a girl like to their they can't even tell their parents that they have a girlfriend yeah. let alone like let alone like bring their whole boyfriend to their house close the door and all that like hello I know I mean and that stuff like to a certain extent like yeah it should be up to family but like no one's home life is the same and you, don't, you can't expect people to be taught the same things from other exactly. people who were not taught the same things from other people exactly. who were not taught the same things. Especially like if you're in school, like this is literally like sex education, and it's like I don't know about everybody else's school, but my school did my school my entire life did a whole like lesson plan on sex education, and they always talked about it. But okay, they talked about it, but it wasn't as comprehensive as it should be. So, like, you're making us kids, like, you know, go through this in the first place. So, you're, you're going the, the mile to ask the parents, like, do they want their kids to learn about this? And the kids, the, the, they're giving an opportunity right there to be like, no. And you're not even doing the full comprehensive education. Like, they didn't tell anything about consent or anything about anything. It was just an HIV kind of course mm-hmm. to learn about, like, safe sex, which was like, okay, yeah, I know to put a condom on, but, like, what... What do I do if I say no and my boyfriend says yes? Like, w- what happens then? And they didn't, don't, you know, think about that or, like, talk about that. And I'm like, I feel like you should. Mm-hmm. I feel like you definitely, that should definitely be a part of the curriculum here. Yeah. Because, like I said, you're already, you're already going the mile to ask the parents if it's okay with them for you to teach, for you to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. So the parents are already saying, yeah, it's fine, go ahead. There and needs to be something, to- like, some kind of compromise that like you can't for just... you to just not do the whole thing like right. do it halfway it's kind of like please be so for real right now <laughs> like, also like especially with consent there's totally ways you can do it without getting sexual if that makes sense like that too um, I've, I've, I've seen like i've seen people talking way. about like i've seen people talking about like um how they teach their kids consent and they just say like um how they say okay can i can i give you a hug mm-hmm. and they're gonna like, no and they'll be like okay they don't hug them right wow that's so insane right so we can you know do that right <laughs> like, it's so I'm, easy like, it's, it's, it is and that's why i don't understand our food. like they act like consent is like this like taboo word and that's why my grandma always said mm-hmm. like they're gonna do it anyway like they're gonna like your kid is gonna have sex at some point your kid is gonna go through these things whether you tell them that they can or not the only thing that's gonna change by you protecting them and shadowing them is whether it's safer or not. Right. Like, because that's what my aunt was talking about. My aunt was talking about, like, in terms of, like, smoking, how how she would feel if her kid started smoking. She was like, once my kid is, like, 16, hey, I'll, I'll buy it for them. Like, I don't care because they're going to want to smoke anyway. Like, they're going to want to go through those anyways. And I'd rather know that, like, they're not getting stuck in any lace or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that goes, that is the same logic with, like, it's like just be educated like yeah make like, an informed decision like your kid is gonna have sex whether you are okay with it or not so mm-hmm. would you rather that your kid has unsafe sex or safe sex because that's the only thing that's gonna change on you being strict or not and safe can be like yeah safe from 
pregnancy, disease, from assault, from a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Safe. That's what I'm saying. Like, like there's and then people will like parents get confused when their kid is pregnant. I'm like, well, you kind of made it an issue that your kid was having sex outside and didn't teach them anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then you're confused why they didn't know they need to wear a condom. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I could have told you that one. Right. <laughs> I could have told you this was going to happen. Alrighty, everyone. This is your host, Rachel Franklin. Thank you for listening to this episode of Already Dad, a sexual assault discussion podcast. I hope you were able to take away something positive from our conversation today. Wishing you all the best. See you next time with another episode of Already Dad.